Welcome to Source Not Found, a show about the worst versions of your favorite things. Each episode, we explore IPs, franchises, and fandoms solely through sequels, spinoffs, side projects, or in this case, side-scrolling old video games. Basically, anything except for the source. I am Bo Woodall, and I am so excited to go back to Camp Crystal Lake with my favorite counselors, Mark and Chrissy. And I'm Brandon June, and uh, I'm excited just to play as anyone except Debbie. <laughs> Fuck Debbie. Debbie was the worst. Oh, God. And Fucking Paul? Debbie. Was it, was it Paul? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, rate your favorite counselor. It's like rating my favorite bowel movement from the last week. Like, yeah, I guess some are better than others, but they're all shitty. <laughs> they're all garbage. Uh, but yeah, Chrissy, oh, Chrissy is my girl. Dude, Mark. Mark for me, dude. He, he was a lifesaver. Uh, this month, we are covering... Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, two of the biggest horror movie franchises of all time. And uh, Bo's never seen any of those movies. I wasn't a horror movie kid, really. Like, I saw the, ring, the first Ring movie and uh, didn't sleep for, like, a while. And we didn't really do a lot of horror movies when I was super young. After I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I was done, man. I never <laughs> wanted to see another fucking horror movie. That's right. You're one of those that has a thing about clowns. I, remember I this. really, yeah. really am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love horror movies. I've seen most of these films. A lot of them. So I've been actually going back through these uh, these franchises recently in preparation for our conversation here. And I realized a lot of these movies, particularly Friday the 13th, I had only seen like in bits and pieces late nights when I wasn't supposed to be watching them, staying up too late, watching them at a low volume on the TV downstairs. Um, while my parents were sleeping. So like, oh, 20 minutes of Friday the 13th 4. Uh, oh, I remember this scene from this movie. Like, it was fun. Like, oh, yeah, the scene when, like, Jason just shoves a guy into a tree trunk and it leaves, like, a bloody smiley face behind. Like, it's super goofy. Like, I remember huh. seeing that as a kid and I couldn't place which movie that was and watching back through them. Like, yep, okay, this scene stuck with me. Yeah, so I, I haven't. So this month we're covering those two franchises and... This week, we're talking about the NES games, Friday the 13th, NES, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, NES, both uh, actually distributed by the same, the same company, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, LJN. same publisher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just did movie video games. And I mean, this was the peak era for that, right? Late 80s into the 90s, just tie-in after yeah. tie-in game. I mean, even, um, I mean, just jumping into it, right? Like, if we're starting with... Friday the 13th. Yeah. Year and, and don't forget, we're doing, uh, just like we did with Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, um, narrative structure, gameplay, visual, sound, and fun factor. I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure they're going to score a little bit higher than, than Mythologies. I mean, that's a low bar, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Like you, like you said, <laughs> we, we, had, we found our floor. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, even just before getting into the game, so like, so 1989, this is what we're talking about. Let's set the stage a little bit. Other games released in this year, these are both Nintendo Entertainment System products. Other NES games released in 1989. Mega Man 2, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, DuckTales, Shadowgate, River City Ransom, Castlevania 3, Batman the Movie the Game, and Strider. Just to give you a sense of what was out there at the time, what might have been on the shelf next to Friday the 13th. To potentially uh, 
entice you as a consumer? Would this have been the best choice, given the other things out there in the game no, shop? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I had an NES, and I, I loved my NES. Man, obviously, I didn't have this game, but... <sighs> okay, okay. Okay, we'll we'll talk through it. We'll talk through it. We'll talk to, yeah. through it. That, that's interesting, um, though, to have that perspective because I did not have an NES. I got into gaming a couple years after this era uh, via the Super Nintendo. So my NES experience, I don't have so much nostalgia for it. It was mostly by way of cousins' houses, the person that babysat me for a while had one in the basement, sure, things like that. So like playing bits and pieces, certain games stand out in my memory. This game I actually did play for a while. Um, a friend in high school. We would hang out in their basement uh, for like band practice stuff. And they had an NES set up on an old CRT, you know, tucked away, you know, beside the drums. And occasionally after like playing music, um, this is one of the games I would try and like fumble through a little bit. So I've had some experience. That's really it. cool. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Um, it did not prepare me for this experience because I didn't know what I was doing then and didn't know what I was doing now. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, let's let's start off with the, yeah. the narrative structure of uh, Friday the 13th. So again, I have no experience with these franchises. All I know is Jason is a hockey mask man who kills co-eds most of the time during or immediately after sex. Hmm. So, well, sometimes they're talking about where they're going to have sex. Oh, and then he gets them then? Yeah. yeah, like right before they're about to get into it. it but bookends for sexual experiences, the Jason Slaughter. So I... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to give my basic impression of the narrative structure of this game. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> okay. So you play as a series of camp counselors and you're trying to protect children from Jason. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to actively kill Jason mm -hmm. to keep the kids safe. Does, does he go after children? He goes after just like, about anybody. Yeah. I mean, the I, first I can't, few movies. I can't imagine in like the seventies, eighties horror movie franchises, they just like straight up murder a lot of kids. Like when I say kids, I mean you know their first sleepaway camp kid age, like right preteen and younger. I could see him going after the counselors because they're sinning, but <laughs> I I I didn't understand. Okay. The, the so, thing about Friday the 13th is it's just it's a very confused franchise as a whole. They didn't really know what they wanted to do for several movies like, oh, it's Jason's mom. No, actually, like Jason. I, is I was going like, to say there's a disembodied head of Jason's mom and there are also zombies in the game. Yeah, I thought that Jason was the only <laughs> bad guy yeah. in the movies. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's NES era, right? You got to have some bullshit on screen. So like, sure, right. zombies, uh, yeah, wolves, uh, crows, whatever. You know, it's NES era bullshit. Just uh, yeah. And so you also just throw rocks for the first part. And the only thing that Jason seems to be afraid of is fire, which that's pretty on the nose for like a Frankenstein-esque monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a pitchfork. Yeah. Pitchfork is like the master sword in this game, right? Like once you get the pitchfork, everything's pretty kosher. So I've heard I didn't get the pitchfork. Most things die in one hit with a pitchfork, except for like Jason. Um, oh, and he loves his mom very much so much that he won't hurt you if you kill his mom and steal her sweater. Yeah. So a lot of these things, they are fun pulls from the movies. So that's the uh, second movie, I think. Right. 
um, one of the counselors that survives like makes her way to Jason's shack in the woods and finds a shrine set up to his dead mother with her head on like a on the altar. Okay, so I did not know that was his mother. There was no reason that you should. <laughs> There's nothing I, in the game re- to hint at that. I realize, I realize, I made a mistake when I watched your Twitch stream and oh, you yeah. went through the game manual, and all of a sudden the game made sense. Yeah, I mean, we're in the era. You got to read those manuals. Like that's a that's a prime component of the game. I didn't read the manual. Instead, I just f- kind of followed the direction of the game. So, like, the narrative structure of the game is. You are camp counselors, you're protecting kids, you need to get better weapons, you need to light all the fireplaces, and you need to kill Jason. Right? Is that... Yeah, I mean, you got it. But I just... So you're telling me, you went through this entire experience, and you didn't read some of these just gems in the manual here. Like, uh, some of my narrative points are going to come directly from whoever penned this instruction manual. What a wordsmith. Page 11... Deadly enemies and hazards. We've got descriptions of the, the monsters you face in the game, right? The zombies, sure, the bats, Jason's mother. But just when we get to the Jason description, I'm just going to read this. It's not going to be as long oh, as, uh, yeah. I did want to point out uh, something that I don't know if this is important to the narrative structure or not. He loves pastels. He does. He's he, is a, he is a very, very uh, eclectic fashion sense. I mean, it's an iconic purple tracksuit. Is he really that color in the movies? No. <laughs> like no. I, ass- I assume they did it just for like visual, like a, a visual video game aid. He, uh, I mean, he sure. looked he looked silly, but he looked kind of fun. Yeah, but way like more silly bright fun teal and purple should. was man. Bright teal and purple was a serial killer choice. You know, he he needs to. He wants you to know that he's coming for you. He wants you to be able to. Well, spot you can him see him across a mile the fucking away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the lake that you have to go around in a circle or you Jesus can't find Christ. the fucking cabins. <sighs> we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in the manual, you're just reading this for the first time. You meet your camp counselors, George, Mark, Paul, Laura, Debbie and Chrissy. You're introduced to some of the enemies, the zombies, the bats, the wolves, Jason's mother and crows. Then we got Jason. Jason. Last, but certainly not least, is the main threat to safe camping. The maven of mayhem, the sultan of slash, the ghoul that everyone loves to hate, Jason. He'll attack out of nowhere and disappear just as quickly. And just the sultan of slash points. Points on the board already just for that phrase. Thank you, anonymous contributor from LJN Toys Limited. That was uh, Jeff Rovin. Yeah, he was actually Jeff writing as a manual. Yeah. 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 <laughs> manual writer. Yep. Um, so I have I have a few questions about the narrative, if you wouldn't mind helping me here. Yeah. Um, I'll try. I'm, I'm not an expert by any stretch of this one, franchise. We are playing children. Teenagers, probably. Right. Yeah. They're they're young adults. Like, uh, yeah, I want to say they're all like late, like 19, 20. Around I was, was going to say late teens, early 20s, most likely. Yeah. Jason is a good based on the video game at least. Jason is a good 10 feet tall. Um he's a big boy. Why why does he run away from us? Ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. You're hitting me Yeah. The rocks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah. Also, is the camp that nice in the movies? Because it's it's based on based on what we're looking at here in the video game, it is really really a nice camp. <laughs> 
Like it's a rich kid camp. The camp that I went to as a child was a camp for way, wayward boys because my mom made an accident. She made a whoopsie, uh, <laughs> a real bad whoopsie that she still feels bad about to this day. So I was a uh, I was a 12 year old at a camp for uh, child criminals, basically little canos. Oh, wow. OK, Dude, yeah, it, you... it was it was run by the state sheriff department like it was man. Yeah, it was... OK. I had a much more wholesome camping experience than nope. you. I mean, I was telling you last yeah. time about my 4-H camp, right? Getting woken up by the Mortal Kombat theme. And I, I went to a number of different camps over the years. Uh, some of them were like sleepaway camps. Some of them were just day camps. So this didn't seem like, a, you know, a whole lot nicer than what I've been accustomed to. It seemed like you're running the mill sleepaway camp. Um, in the movies, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's usually being, it's usually in the process of being fixed up. Like someone's moving in, like. Oh, I know we had a, some messy murders here some years back, but new leadership. We're going to turn this place around. We're going to rename it. Um, that but crazy even, 80s kind of thing where it's like we have new management. Like we're going to turn the mountain into a, you know, a series of condos or whatever. But yep. instead, it's a, a campground. Sure. Yeah. But uh, they don't account for Jason lurking out there in the shadows. With his mom's head, I guess. Are there just shitty counselors? And like two that are really good at everything, because that was my experience playing this game. You had Mark and Chrissy, who are fucking awesome. And then you had George, Paul, Laura and Debbie, who are absolute trash people. Yeah, um, I, I guess that does sort of make sense, because like in these movies, like all of them are just idiots, right? They're all just like going barefoot out, like falling down through the woods, like tripping over tree logs, running away, screaming, like like basically doing like a three stooges routine all by themselves, just like. I mean, this is where the cliches come from, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The cliches yeah. of the, you know, don't forget to look behind that door and, you know, that, that sort of classic horror movie cliches come from franchises that are yeah. popular for a reason. So there is usually like um in the first few movies, like a single character, usually like a scream queen. You know, she makes it. She survives. Sure. Everyone else. And then like she's running around, like stumbling upon their dead bodies and running from Jason. Yeah, the final girl. Him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you asked about kids. Eventually, Corey Feldman does show up. I think that's the fourth movie. So I think that's the first instance of like having children in the franchise. Um, spoiler alert. He survives. Yeah, so they didn't like a child. Yeah, they didn't kill a whole lot of kids. In fact, I can't think of any kids that actually died now that I'm thinking about it. There are kids See, like that... increasingly as the movies go on, but uh, usually it's the adults. That's why this the that's why this kind of the the narrative part of it confused me, because it seemed like we were protecting something the kids should have been protecting us like <laughs> it it seems unreasonable to me especially like to have a main bad guy for a horror movie franchise who just goes after children it seems too evil like i didn't even think about it in terms of the morality or the ethics of it i thought of it in terms of just gameplay i mean this is jumping ahead but just there are already so many stressors at work like just having the kids on top of it and just like let's yeah let's have the situation like from the original movies where it's just counselors like coming in getting the camp prepared for potential campers um and that's when jason strikes like we haven't actually opened the camp yet and that would have been enough okay i was i was gonna say so so let's do let's give our narrative structure scores real fast and move yeah. on to gameplay because that that kind of feeds right into it Sure. Um, because I was so confused, uh, I went with Brandon teacher scoring structure. I think that there was a narrative. It did function. It just didn't function well and to my liking necessarily. So I gave it a six. 
Well, wouldn't you know it? So did I. Um, really? Yeah, I gave it a six. I was thinking like, so like I said, there are a lot of great pulls from the movies. If you read the manual and like, and if you have a bit of conception about the franchise, you know, you can kind of like fill in the gaps because this game doesn't give you a whole lot. But also like with all of these games from this era, you really do have to step back in time and remember like we're working like this is the early days of like conveying a narrative through a video game. Right. Like, yeah, at this point, like we do have role playing games out there and like they are starting to up the ante. But generally, like and especially with a game like this, like a side scrolling platformer or like a beat em up with like Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, is it enough to get you in the door? Is it enough to like get you on task and feel like you're invested enough to see this adventure through? And I think it right. was fine in that regard. And actually, I want to give it points for ambition. There's a lot of potential here. They don't fully execute it. But when you are like traveling through these cabins, when you're exploring these cabins and finding these drop notes that are hinting about like what you need to be doing, because basically when you jump into this game, you have no idea. You're just like out in the middle of camp. There's zombies encroaching and you're just like, let me go in a house here. Let me start exploring. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to go. And then you gradually like find some items. You find a, a lighter. Oh, now I need to light the fireplaces in the cabins. And if you do a few of those, you get a note. You find a note in one of the cabins saying like, oh, go to the cave. Go to the cabin by the cave. Go to the cabin by the cave. Oh, go to the cave. They're yeah. pretty they're pretty bare bones, just like Jason's afraid of fire. Check out the yeah. cabin in the woods, whatever. And I thought that actually is a bit of narrative. Like you're fine. You're following these narrative threads. I wish there was more personality and character to these notes. Like, and it would have been so easy, right? Like find a note and it's, it's like penned by a fellow counselor or someone else from the campground. Like, Oh my God. Like Jason's falling behind me. I dropped the machete in the woods. I, I had to run. I think it's still sure. there. Something instead of just, there's a machete in the woods, you know, just very bare bones. Right. So like points for like having notes that you find in the game. I just wish there was more to it. You know, like there was yeah. such a chance there to take. And it doesn't take much. I'm thinking of like the original Resident Evil, like all those like really iconic journal entries and bits of lore you find throughout the sure. mansion. I mean, what yeah. is the most iconic one for me? It's itchy, tasty. That's all it yeah. took. Itchy, yeah. tasty. Like just a something, something in one of these notes to like hint at like the menace, you know? I just, if I would have read the manual before I jumped into the game, I would probably give it a little bit higher of a score, like maybe up to a seven. Because then I would understand the fact that uh, that's Jason's mom. And I, I would get more out mm -hmm. of it, I think, if, if, uh, if that was there. Because it doesn't offer you any of that in-game. Right. And having not seen the films, I had no idea, you know, why Jason was there. Why he was killing kids. And that, that will move us directly into gameplay, I think. Um, the kids, man. I don't need another clock. Jason is, it, it, this is a pretty brutal game. Jason punches you three times and you're, you're toast. Yeah. I, I, the extra, the added on kind of skill check of making sure that you're able to keep the kids alive. And if the kids die, it's game over anyway. And all it takes is four mistakes for all of the kids to die. It just seemed like a bunch to throw at a, a game like this there's there are so many systems at play so just for anyone that hasn't played this game basically the vast majority of it is you moving side scroller style around this campground going in and out of cabins going in and out of the woods going in and out of a cave 
Jason is on this like, I think, I think it's like a randomized loop. He randomly shows up around the camp in and out of certain cabins. You have six counselors that you're able to play as. They have to stay posted up where you last left them. So you leave them within a cabin. You can switch to another counselor somewhere else in camp. Play as them. Pop back into a cabin. Switch back. Right. As Jason is making his rounds, he will randomly pop into a cabin that might have a counselor in it, at which point you are alerted that he's about to kill the counselor. You have about a minute to get over there and save them. Face Jason head on. This includes the children, too. So we also have the children right north of the lake in a cabin. They stay there the whole time. And Jason will also randomly pop in there. Well, so that that was kind of one of my one of my gameplay things. Like if you get rid of the if you get rid of the clock with the kids, it's a pretty fun little loop. That's all like, it would take. Yes. That extra. The counselors is enough. That's enough of a stressor to try and yeah. keep them alive. Having this constant. I mean, it's just constantly going off this beeping of like, oh, Jason's coming. God, again. That sound, man. I dreamt it. <sighs> yeah. It's, um, it's awful. It's always but, going off and it hits all the time. It's like sometimes within like a minute of the last one, he's back at it again. Right. Depending on yeah. where you last left somebody, if they're maybe on his loop. So that's really one of the things that I liked a lot about the game. The gameplay wise. Mm-hmm. If you individually got all of your counselors a pretty decent weapon, you're in pretty good shape. That's a big ask. As long as you could get to them. Like, yeah. you know, I, I God, I don't even know how many game overs I had where it said, you know, like Jason murdered all your friends or Jason wiped out, wiped out all the kids or something like that. Yeah, they almost all came from that. My game overs. I, yeah. I usually didn't die facing an enemy. I mean, occasionally facing Jason. He's tough. Right. He's but, he's he's a hefty boy. Yeah. Um, but like if I the time that I actually did really well on the game and actually ended up beating Jason was the first thing I did was went to every one of my counselors, knocked out their kill count so items would spawn, mm-hmm. got them a knife, and then shoved them back in a cabin. Yeah. And then I just hung out with my with Mark and Chrissy, my road dogs. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that little loop is is fun. And I, I like the the day to night, like more enemies spawn at night, it it seemed. And I didn't like the vitamins very much because they only worked whenever you were like out of life you couldn't like top your your health up which i was so confused by that for a while like how do i use these vitamins to top off my health you don't you just have to like basically die and then you just die yeah and it'll it'll heal you yeah um i liked i liked the notes the notes like you said very very helpful i mean in a game like this i needed the handheld I, i needed my handheld a little bit yeah um because i had no idea what the fuck was going on but unlike sub zero mythologies or mythology sub zero the controls were friendly and easy because there are only three buttons. I was going to say, they don't have like, the chance to give you a change stance button when you only have an right. A and B to work with. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, there was a jump button. Like, that's all I needed after, after our last experience. There's a um, jump button and there's an attack button, but don't think you're going to use them at the same time. There's no jump and attack, which... No, that, I, I hated that. That frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, usually you didn't need it, but in the caves, you really kind of do. Because you have enemies at different elevations on different levels, and you can't attack them before jumping on the platform. Why did they make it so the stones went over the heads of the zombies? The only way you could constantly hit your enemies, with the rocks at least, is I just ducked down and threw them. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and right. it, it was fine. It just it punishes you at as many opportunities as it can right and the boat like fuck, fuck man boat. like that lake the 
the fact that things are jumping out of the water, the crows were coming down. You can't aim what you're throwing. So it's not like you can kill something before it deals damage to you, which sucks. They spawn out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. You you default to attacking to your left, which is fine when you're trying to go left across the lake. The only way to attack to your right is to hold right on the D-pad, which means you have to be moving right to attack, which means like if you have an enemy spawning to your right and you want to get it, you have to move towards the enemy. And if it has spawned right next to your boat, which it often does, you have to run into the enemy in pursuit of this task of maybe taking it down. It's um, it's very difficult to do. It's very annoying. Did you struggle finding fireplaces? Did I struggle? Um, Just finish that sentence with whatever you like. And the answer is yes. (laughs) I struggled with it all. Um, I, for the longest time, I couldn't find the goddamn fireplaces. So here's like, this is an interesting, there's a lot to, to praise about this game. It's very ambitious. We do have the side scrolling portions around the camp. When you go into a cabin, you go into first person mode and like you talked punch about, out, right? Well, yeah. To, when you face Jason in the cabin, it's like, um, it's punch out. Like Mike Tyson's basically. punch yeah, out. Yeah. 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 When you're exploring the cabins to me, it, it um, more evoked like a, uh, one of those dungeon crawling RPGs from the era your ultima is your and it was funny like i thought this actually gives me megami tensei vibes digital devil story like their first game in that franchise which was on the nes the famicom yeah and wouldn't you know it i was distracted by the big vibrant ljn toys limited the publisher of the game but looking into the um looking into information on the game this game was developed by atlas of persona and shimigami i was gonna say they they fucking made persona yeah and then as soon as I saw that, like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like how these interior uh, environments look is so reminiscent of those early Megami Tensei games. And that is similarly for like, a, I think it's like an 87 dungeon crawler RPG, a very mm-hmm. ambitious game with a lot of systems at work. There's like moon phases that uh, impact like yeah. enemy yeah, behavior. There's a lot going on there. And there's just so much going on in this game, too. Like we've got, yeah, these exploring these cabins and for the longest time i just i didn't realize there was an additional wing to the cabin it's like where are the yeah i went i did so many loops of this goddamn campground like where i've been in every cabin i can't find the fireplace and there are multiple fireplaces like where are these things yeah and just like suddenly some random button press like oh my god i, I could actually go into this other hidden wing of all of these big cabins and there they are yeah Ready and having to taking. like having to map out like the forests and the cave yeah it sucked that that part that part sucked like the the com like the combat platformer aspect of it or the side scrolling aspect of it was was pretty fun it was a pretty good time but some of the other things that they were trying to kind of throw at you like you said it was very very ambitious and there's some really cool stuff going on there but some of it was just annoying like yeah talking about the woods so let's do a quick uh thought experiment Okay. You go into a forest. There's a path just to the south of you. You hit down on the D-pad. You go down the path. Now you're spawned into a, a new scene. You're in the same section of forest. It's identical. There's nothing around you except a path right to your north. Where would you expect that path to go? Would you expect it to return you to where you just came from? Yes. So would I. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it takes you deeper into the forest somehow. Fuck this. Uh, uh, in the last year, I actually played through Colossal Cave Adventure, like that first text adventure game from like yeah, back yeah, in yeah. Like the mid-70s. And there's a, a maze section in that game where like you're using cardinal directions. And I remember getting lost in the maze and thinking like, oh, you know, I went south. 
and I went east and I went southwest or whatever. I don't know where I am. Let me just backtrack. I'll do the inverse of every direction. So like I went south, let me go north here. Oh, I went east, let me go west here. Thinking that would take me back and it doesn't. And then I looked into it and that's how that game functions. Like there isn't a one-to-one. You can't like trace back out like the path you came in. I still don't know how it works. It just like confuses that the hell out of me. That fucking sucks. It's in, and it, like you can just get lost in there and then run out of time or, or uh, what is it, your lantern or whatever and just die. And that's the end of your adventure. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of that where like it's not so bad like uh, a lot of just random button presses eventually got me to both the cabin and back out of the woods. But uh, I didn't even attempt to map it because it just didn't make sense. Like, I didn't have any foundation for which to, like, to base my map on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, where do I even yeah. begin if, like, yeah. the pathways don't make sense based on what I'm seeing? Like, like what I'm the game is communicating to me as a player, like, I don't even know where to begin with the graph paper. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I I was able to get the cavern. I was able to map that one out. The woods just drove me absolutely mad. Um, the only other thing about gameplay that I, I really want to mention is the stats for the counselors. They have stats. Yeah. Yeah. I looked this up after seeing the difference in like run speed jumps, like jump height and stuff like that. Um, I just meant that as like, when you say stats, that makes me think they must have some sort of inherent ability of some sort. And these counselors can't do jack shit. Well, Mark and Chrissy are all right. (laughs) <laughs> when you say all right, okay this is relative here folks like we are this is like a bit of stockholm syndrome at play like oh chrissy yeah. my girl she's so great she's not no. she does the basic like i don't know she shows up for class and that debbie it. is like she's present. debbie is garbage she like um, she can actually make a jump she can actually have some functionality move across this yeah she can game, run away from a zombie and it doesn't catch her yeah, and in this game, that feels like you're going above and beyond when, like, in any other game, like, she would just be absolute dog shit. So there are five stats given to each counselor. Strength, run speed, row speed, jump, and kill count. Kill count is how many enemies they have to kill before items start spawning for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, with, I think it was Mark, you kill three enemies and then you get your lighter, right? And then all of a sudden, items will start spawning more and more and more. Um, one, there's only one lake. You don't have to go on it that often. Get rid of row speed. Like what, what the shit, man. (laughs) Um, but I was looking through some of these. If a character has other than Chrissy, if a character has an A in strength, they have F's in everything else. Hmm. So they only have, there's only two grades for each of the abilities, and it's a plus or a minus, so I wrote an A or an F. Um, Mark has an F in strength and an A in everything else, and Chrissy has an F in row speed and an A in everything else. That makes sense. Yeah. Everybody else has three Fs and one A. Like, that's, that's just poor planning. It's bad design. That's bad design. When Debbie can't even fucking jump over a zombie's head because her jump her jump ability is so poor and she can't outrun a, a wolf that chases after her. But Mark and Chrissy certainly can like that. That frustrated the fuck out of me, because if I lost Mark and Chrissy, I might as well quit the game. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, usually the trade offs are noticeable when you have multiple characters like, oh, they're not so fast, but they're super strong. I went through this whole game like what? Four out of six of these counselors are absolutely useless yeah. in my book. Like, I've got Mark and Chrissy, and it, like you said, if you lose them, just like, let me just restart, I guess. Yeah. And the thing is, like, 
you kind of want to save them because the game gets progressively harder as each day goes by, but then, like, you kind of need to use them to even get that far. Like, if you get stuck with some of these counselors, like, there's just no way you can get... You can't even jump over Jason when he shows up with, with half of these counselors. Like, he'll yeah. just slam the, only the ones, wall. The only ones you can jump over him with are Mark and Chrissy, I think. When I got to the cave with, I think, Debbie... Let's just say Debbie. Ozard's Debbie. I couldn't even jump up to the next level of the cave i couldn't get to the next floor she wasn't able to make yeah. that jump so like if you get to that yeah. portion of the game with her you just can't progress you just can't do anything i am so so pleased that no one was in the house while i played this game because at one point uh chrissy and Mar- i i started with mark and then he died and so i was with chrissy and all of a sudden she died and I yelled at the top of my lungs, those kids are fucked. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> turned off the game, restarted it. And I was like, well, I, as soon as that happened and it transferred me over to Paul, I was like, well, we're, this is it. We're boned. There's nothing I can do. Those kids are so dead. Yeah. I actually streamed this uh, on Twitch a couple days. At the end of day two, my second stream, I was like, I can't do this in front. I can't do this for the public. Like, I'm so, I'm, I'm hiding a lot of rage right now. And I'm not ready to make the full pivot to, like, angry video game nerd. Like, that's not who I want to be sure. online. Um, so I just had, I have to do the rest of this privately. Just, um, and, you know, <laughs> I have, maybe, like. I have to, I have to engage my rage in a different, more private setting. Put, like. Please and thank you. Ease back into the sofa. Brew a pot of tea. You know, just, like take meditation breaks in between do breathing yep. exercises just get, get a, get a foot spa or something you know, like. <laughs> something to counterbalance <laughs> this bullshit um so we talked about all these systems all these stressors you're just everyone's dying everyone's eating shit the kids are getting off like by the second you're still trying to like complete all these tasks you're trying to like hold on to your precious two counselors that you got two out of six you're trying to amass all these weapons like you need I, I ended the game with the torch. That I had the, the most luck with the torch. The torch was awesome. The yeah. pitchfork. Well, is it awesome? The pitchfork is better. <laughs> it's better, yeah. The pitchfork, I think I got from Jason's mom. I fought her. I didn't get that. What day did you fight her? Two, I, I think. Th- I, I, fought her one, I fought her twice. One day I got some bullshit. Was it an axe or something? The other day I got the sweater. I didn't go back after that. Huh. I only fought her one time. Um, I, I know that's like uh, kind of dependent on when you face her and how many times maybe. Maybe I faced her on day three and that's why I got the pitchfork. Okay. I, I don't I don't remember, but I did get the pitchfork and it was fucking awesome, man. It killed everything in one hit except for Jason. It it made it would it made that game a a nice little game for kids. I I don't know I don't know how how you're going to grade this gameplay wise, but I went with a four and a half. I went with four point five. I went with a four. So we're about we're we're pretty close this time. So points for ambition. You have a day night yep. cycle. That's that's huge. Like and you have like so the whole comp the whole campground, like you start in the middle of the day and then you have this really nice sunset that's like setting the stage and then you go into like the full night mode and like having that in a game from nineteen eighty nine and like yeah. exploring all these cabins at night, like major vibes, good atmosphere. Yeah. Um and I like I mean, we're in this era where, like, it's impossible to kind of scare a player. We just don't have the technology yet, you know? Sure. To make a true horror game. And I appreciate that, like, there was an attempt to replicate the stress of watching a Friday the 13th movie 
to put that stress on the player by having all these like things to manage, right? You're managing your time, you're managing your counselors, you're managing the children, you're trying to amass weapons, you're dealing with enemies on screen, and you're trying to find your way, you're trying to explore. There's a lot of stress, and when Jason shows up, you are like, oh shit, like, yeah, I, I can't here. do this yet. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that. Um, but that said, it's kind of like the Sub Zero situation where, like, I see the attempt at something, there's promise. There's ambition. I appreciate that. This game gets talked about as one of the worst games of all time in certain circles. I have no idea why that is. It is not. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see that. There's a lot of good stuff here, and it really shoots. It, it falls short, but it goes for something. Um, but just the cheap deaths, the useless counselors, the annoying constant, like, children having to manage them. Jason attacks are so cheap. You know, he's tough yeah. enough, like, facing him in a cabin. Sometimes you leave the cabin, suddenly he's, like, outside as well, and he just, like, rushes you and like you can't he do anything absolutely wrecks shop yeah outside if, you, of cabins. if you don't have one of your good counselors he's just there's nothing you can do um yeah, and, that counselor is boned the cheapest shit is when you're rowing to save the kids north of the lake and you're in the boat and just like you've gotten the alert that jason's in that cabin with them and you've got like 30 seconds until he start, starts like you have 30 seconds you basically have a minute countdown when it hits 30 like the kids are starting to die every 10 seconds yeah. or whatever it is right just ticking down. So you really have 30 seconds to get there. On the way to this cabin where Jason supposedly is, he also zips by in a fucking rowboat and just like takes a pot shot at me. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck is this like quantum superposition Jason Voorhees? Like he exists in like two states of matter at once. But J- Jason is both like particle and wave. He like, yeah. he's, he's here in the cabin. He's out on the lake. He's, here say, he's not here. He's, he's in the he's in the cabin, but we're not observing him in the cabin. So he's also on the lake. Schrodinger's slasher. Yeah. Schrodinger's Sultan of Slash. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's that's some nice alliteration. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, just I it's it's shitty. There's a lot of just shitty gameplay choices, d- design choices here. So it's a four. It fails. Yeah. It, yeah. it it does some things that are pretty fun, but it fails at the big things that I wanted from it. Yes. Um, so we're talking NES. So visuals and sound will be two very, very fast categories. Visuals. Jason looks really cool. Like Jason looks good. Really? <laughs> That's a hot take, I think. <laughs> That's the first first time I heard that one. <laughs> In comparison to the fact that all of the counselors are the exact same sprite, except they have a uh, different coloration. Yeah, that constantly confused me. And the the faces of the kids up in the, the top left corner of the screen are just like ovals. Like they're just smiley faces. Man, there are some interesting, interesting choices. But I think the the villains or the, the baddies, I guess, they're noticeably different. The wolves are kind of cool looking the bats can absolutely fuck off in that cave though you can't see them unless you get a flashlight which i never found i never found the flashlight either yeah i did everything i was supposed to do for that flashlight i don't know where that thing is fuck those bats that that pissed me off a lot um so i i went straight down the middle on this one and gave it a five okay because it it failed for the main characters but I thought it did some pretty cool visuals with the uh, the bad guys. Yeah, for me, um, thinking about it visually, I want to put it like right at the cusp of like pass fail. So I give it a seven actually, um, because really, I, yeah, I think uh, there's some really nice environmental design 
in a number of places, like the dark, shadowy woods, like they really do convey a sense of, of place, of atmosphere. Um, and it's a nice contrast to like the bright green campground. And I've always uh, liked that idea of having a space that feels safe or normal and like gradually taking that away from the player. Like one of the best sure. examples of this is Silent Hill 4, The Room, where you're in your apartment and at first it's a normal apartment and it's steadily sort of like warps as time goes on and becomes more like like fleshy walls and degraded and frightening and the nightmare world encroaches into your safe space and you you gradually lose that right i love that idea so it's not to the same degree but the day night cycle does give like oh we're in the sunset now oh we're, we're heading into the dark times and it is like it's a nice sunset you know it's got like those sure vibrant oranges and, and reds um, and then you go into like full night so the campground transforms throughout each day i thought that was a nice visual effect uh, I do want to point out real fast, uh, we're only in the third category, and it has just beaten Mortal Kombat <laughs> Mythology Sub-Zero. <laughs> we still have sound and fun left to go. Um, um, the other thing, while you're like running around the lake, there's, like an, there's a nice scrolling effect. Like The immediate surroundings of your character, they scroll along with your movement at their walking speed. I did like that. Is, if you got Debbie, that's very slow. Um, if you got Chrissy, it's scrolling a little faster. And then you've got that far off background, like the mountains and trees that scroll at a slower pace, right? Along with you. So there's um, a change in the scrolling right. speed there, which gives you a nice sense of, of scale and distance to the background. I thought that was a nice effect. Which, with all these games, like, you have to remember, like, limited memory. Very limited yeah. space to work with. So, like, every sprite is, like, a little less space on the cartridge that they have to work with. You know, you know? You, you're saying all of that, and I, I didn't... I didn't even think about like the background and how it shifted. Uh, I'm actually going to raise mine up to a six. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought that was good. I thought the cabins were very atmospheric. Like I said, you know, Atlas, I was getting like a sense of, oh yeah, they've done this before. This was their, um, their fourth game, I think. So digital devil story was the first one. They did the karate kid tie in game after that, which yeah. I'm newly... also done by LJN. Oh yeah. I think also distributed by LJN. They, they had did a great nothing, working relationship. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm newly interested in checking that out. Um, there is a lot of simplicity, like some of the you mentioned, like the kids, like smiley faces on the menu. There's some very bad like design of the icons in the menus. But when we get to the the kids, like actually in the world, at first I was thinking, as I was like thinking critically, like what am I gonna rate this? Because like the animation is stiff, it's barely there. There's not a lot of life to this world. Every counselor looks the same. They all got the same like mushroom, big bulbous bob haircut and like short shorts. Sure. They, just, yeah. they got palette swapped or whatever. There's some very bad visuals. I don't think Jason is well designed. His vibrant purple tracksuit. It is iconic, it's, but it's like iconic because it's notoriously bad. <laughs> I don't care for his design. And at first I was like, they, they didn't even bother. Like you go in the cabin with the kids and they're just lined up motionless along the wall, just standing it's fucking there. Like, creepy, fucking creepy, dude twins from the shining just waiting like yeah thank you for saving play with us. us play with us but the more i thought about it and it was it wasn't until i played the next game we're going to talk about nightmare on elm street where i was thinking like oh that world felt so alive and animated and i kind of in retrospect appreciated the stillness of friday the 13th like i think assuming best intentions on the part of the developers is maybe a little too generous like maybe they should they just didn't give a fuck. They didn't decide to animate that. But as a player, like the whole thing about this franchise, Camp Crystal Lake, is a sense of being isolated, like trapped in this place without easy access to the outside world, right? Usually, oh, the cars won't start. 
Oh, the phone line's dead. Jason severed it with sure. a machete. We're trapped here. We can't get out. The woods are part of like the menacing aspect to this location. So like to be going in these cabins, there's nothing there. To be in the woods, it's just copy pasted. To go get the kids, they're motionless. It's just like there's no life to this place. It adds to the atmosphere for me. I was going to say, I think that, and we may get into this in, this in a second with Nightmare on Elm Street. I think this is a horror game and Nightmare on Elm Street is an action. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this, this game is intended to be a game about a horror movie and it is noticeably so that. Yes. Um, and for that reason, it is more ambitious. It's trying something here, which I appreciate. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't execute. <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily execute. Yeah. So sound, I know that, I know that I've got a little bit to say about the sound in this game. I have very little to say. Uh, we've, we've talked often about the six word story. Here's my two word analysis. Uh, it sucks. Yeah, it's bad. Absolute dog shit. I can do it in one word. Compound word. Dog shit. Top to bottom did not enjoy the sound in this game. I mean, the, the only thing that I enjoyed, I think there were some some interesting melodies in the cabin music when you go in a cabin. I had the same thought. Yep. I did not hate that. No, actually, I maybe just uh, play a bit of that. This is actually pretty nice. It's very like haunting yeah, sure. and atmospheric. Yeah, let's hit it. So yeah, I mean that's nice. That that sets yeah. the atmosphere like it should. What doesn't is the, yeah. <laughs> what doesn't is the rest Everything of the music <laughs> and uh that the fucking klaxon of when the children are in danger. Uh I hate that sound. I hate it's that sound. Just, it's real bad. I and it's I constant. really don't like it. And I mean like you said as often as it goes off, fuck that, man. Fuck that sound. Fuck that the whole thing. Yeah, it, it reminded me of like the sound like my old like my childhood compact computer would make, you know, the one that was running Windows 95. And like, oh, if you tried to type two keys on the keyboard at once, it, it you know, shouted it at honk you. at you. Yeah, I thought it sounded like a uh, a self-destruct sequence in like a 1970s or 80s movie. That too. All just like annoying sounds or like piercing sounds that you usually only yeah. hear in short supply. But just imagine listening to that for hours on end. I hated it. I hated that sound so much. Um, yeah, I gave it a four out of ten. I gave it a two. Yeah, I mean, not surprising. The cabin music, it, the saving grace. And, you know, there was sound and there were different sounds for locations and events. So I gave it an extra point or two there. But man, man, the cabin music was the only thing that I actually, actually enjoyed. Yeah, you say different locations. Like, you, you had the cabins, you have the campground, you have the woods, you have the cave. There aren't, like, too many. Like, it wasn't a big right. ask to just, you know, make four tracks that are, like, pleasant to listen to. Or at least, like, atmospheric. That's the other thing is, like, you might think, like, okay, maybe there's not much to it. But, like, at least it reinforces, like, the horrific atmosphere. No, it's just, it's this five-second little loop. It, yeah, I don't even know how to the, describe it. It's just, like, maybe play this one. Like, imagine listening to this yeah. for more than, like, 30 seconds. That shit sucks. Yeah, that sucks. That's it real sucks. bad. That's uh, a bad experience. It's not even like a good kind of earworm. And like, aside from the music, like none of the sound effects are really very good. Like 
you got the generic like pew pew for like throwing stones and stuff that okay. was fine i have a very very big note for that for this game it's something that nightmare on elm street did that i thought was very very cool they used the freddy song yeah in the game. that uh major I when he was when that. he was showing up so well yeah. done yeah that was super super fucking cool how hard would it have been to do the Friday the 13th? I, I would have loved I would have loved a little bit of that. That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And it, there's not much to it. That's probably easier like, to put together than the fucking beeps. Yeah. Just like a little. Yeah. yeah wispy effect. Like exactly. It wasn't much to ask from you. And no, you just totally fucking botched this. Yeah. I, it's awful. That, that really, really frustrated me. They didn't even like that was aside from that. That was like, definitely my lowest score of. Yeah, of, this is as low as it gets for me, too. Like you get a point for the cabin music and uh, I don't even know what the other points from um, kind of regretting it because uh, like you have zombies. <laughs> There's not even like a zombie groan like the the sound the wolves make. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, the wolf kind of sounds like if you put a duck in a voice modulator. Like, it was it was really, really strange, really strange <laughs> choice. Uh, fun factor. Fun factor. Three. Really? I had three points of fun. I went with a five. Okay. I thought the initial hour or so was legitimately fun. Um, just being yeah, dropped I, into this. Like, it was, I was fumbling. Like, I don't know what to do, but, like, I'm, I'm curious. I'm invested, right? There's, there's exploration. There's new experiences, right? Like, there are all these, like, weird cabins. What am I doing? Where are these fireplaces? Um, there's a lot of systems at work. I'm not yet annoyed to death by the fucking beeps of the children. I like the fact that period there were pretty. Yeah. The honeymoon period ended after like an hour and a half, two hours for me. <laughs> uh, I liked the fact that you could get weapon upgrades pretty, pretty safely. Like mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. the knife pretty fast and the knife was a noticeable upgrade from the stones. And then, you know, you could find the torch and the machete, the ax, um, the trident, which or the pitchfork, not a trident would have been cool. Um, and that's that's it for that. Some of the weapons are pretty fun, right? When you first get like that, uh, like the hatchet or whatever with like the spin on it, like oh, things yeah, are moving really... finally. But then yeah. that fun is immediately potentially taken away from you. Like so, the way that the weapon spawns work apparently, like you kill a set number of enemies, right, and then you jump, and then it spawns in the air. So a lot of times, like, right. things will spawn, like, during the arc of your jump, and it's almost unavoidable to get the pickup. Right. When you have, so you spend all this time grinding out, like, doing, like, lighting all these fireplaces, traveling around, steadily upping your arsenal, getting the torch, getting something hefty, something with some, some punch to it. You get all that, and then you just randomly, accidentally spawn the very basic-ass <laughs> knife, and it supplants your high-powered weapon with that basic ass shit there's nothing you can do about yeah. it there's no reason that your inventory should be limited like why not just allow you to cycle through the weapons in your inventory no it just replaces your powerful weapon with that bullshit and you're back at square one fuck that maybe i was yeah, at a five and <laughs> we dropped down to a three that's so that sucks not i did not fun. i did not have that happen to me really um, it happened to me oh, several I, times i avoided i have once i had anything other than the knife I avoided knives like the fucking plague, man. I mean, I tried, but just in the midst of like, you know, you got like an onslaught of zombies. You got the kids screaming at you. You got crows swooping in like, oh, I'm having a moment. I'm trying to get these vitamins. And oh, I accidentally picked up the knife. Fuck. Now I'm screwed. And the thing about those, too, is like 
there's a, a finite supply of weapons in this game. Yeah. You have to go to the right places at the yeah. right time to get the right weapon. And there, so if um, you lose that weapon all of a sudden, yeah, that sucks, man. And if you pick up, so if there's say there's like 14 knives in the game or whatever, right? If you've just picked up 14 already, maybe accidentally with some of them, right? So like they're not distributed out across your counselors. Maybe one counselor accidentally picked up six or so, right? Maybe this other counselor picked up five, and you just like, and now you're stuck with fucking sure. Debbie, right? At the end of the game, which often you are, because like, save, put her off for as long Debbie. as possible. We get Debbie, and she's like, there are no more knives left. There's not going to spawn any knives. We've depleted the finite supply of knives in this game. We're fucked. Start again. That's not fun. I just, I just hate <laughs> Debbie so much. I can't. I mean, it's obviously like, just we are. <laughs> I'm I hate, sorry, Debbie. I hated Debbie so much. But Jesus. All that to say, to finally make it to day three. So you, you have to defeat Jason three separate days and not three separate occasions he's showing up many times throughout each of these days you have to take him down if you like i don't even know how many times i started to count and i lost count and like if you have like basic weapons you're doing like i don't know not even 10 percent of damage to like his overall health bar yeah. like each encounter if you have like the torch i think you're doing like a single bar of health with every hit that's what i think i was doing uh the trident does or the i keep calling it a fucking trident uh the pitchfork does three bars of damage per oh hit. shit no kidding yeah, it's massive, dude. Oh, man, I, I it's very up on that good. One. So, to get like the grueling journey to the final day, and eventually, what like we both kind of stumbled upon the same strategy was just like outfit your counselors and stay put. Keep somebody. I kept Chrissy with the torch right by the lake at all times, didn't move her. So, as soon as those kids started screaming on the boat into the cabin, ready to go, and can face Jason in there do the torch damage, and then like back out and wait for him to pop up again. If he popped up in a different place, I sent that counselor after him and just tried to like fight him as best I could with what they had. They didn't have torches. Unless it was Debbie. <laughs> yeah, you Debbie just, did. did you just Debbie let Debbie didn't die? Make it. Debbie didn't make yeah. it. Let her die. She let herself die. She just didn't. She wasn't. De Debbie uh, failed. Debbie failed us all. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't bring her A game. She didn't bring any game. So by the end of it, I just found myself sitting there waiting like and I'm so I'm not a big phone guy. I don't find myself like pulling it out often to like check social media or whatever. Right. Even sure. when I'm like out and about, I usually I'll have like a book or something or if like we're talking about like extended period of time, like got to switch. I'm going to do something proper. And just like I'm I am all checked up on all my social media <laughs> accounts, I feel like because I just was constantly pulling it out. Like, let me do something in this next minute or so as I'm just sitting here on the couch looking at the screen waiting for Jason to show up. Just waiting. Right not doing anything no, i'm scared knowing to, like, that you have the weapons that you want everything is is yeah you don't want to go searching for the fucking no. machete and the the i'm just going to keep calling it a trident because i want to or you know shit like that you have everything that you feel like you need so yeah it's just a fucking waiting game at that point my playthrough was a house of cards and i'm like all right i'm i'm got everything the foundation the foundation set up here let's move as little as possible <laughs> yeah, just yeah. wait for the trouble to come to us and fend it off as best we can and just get through this thing no one breathe on my house Jesus so you do all that and you are rewarded with a single screen that is like Jason splayed out in his track suit like sitting on his butt with like his legs out like in a V formation kind of like his head dropped down to like his shoulder like in an aw shucks pose with like his shoulders raised up like oh yeah. dang it I blew it and it's just, you have finally managed to defeat Jason, dot, dot, dot. But is he really dead? Question mark. We're not telling 
two exclamation points, end. Dot yeah. dot. Yeah. That's it. Not the end. Yeah. Or see you next time. Or no, just end. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and then just boot right sucks. back to the title screen. Like that's it. And like yeah, usually we're in the era where there's not much to these endings, but uh, I felt no. I did. I did not think this is one of the worst games that's ever been made. No, it's a bad game. Just, it's a bad game, but it's not. It's not mythologies. It's not. I've played worse games. For sure. Without without question. And um, I mean, like mythologies, it's an ambitious bad game. It's just um, Sub Zero mythologies was ambitious in like such a, a worse way. It, like it just yeah. what it went for. It failed so much worse. Like this, it achieves some of what it sets out to do. And it's especially interesting. with the technological limitations that they had with this game. Yeah, I mean, we're about to get into it. Like I enjoyed this next game so much more. Uh huh. But this is the more interesting game. I gotta say, it's the worst game. It's the less fun game, but it is way more interesting to explore and talk about. So for those of uh, for those listeners keeping score at home on video games, uh, Friday the Thirteenth NES forty seven point five. I'm glad you're keeping track. I, I didn't add mine up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got this. I got this. I'll be math boy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, All right. Moving directly into A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to do the narrative thing again, because, again, I only know Freddy Krueger through like cultural osmosis meme life. All I know is he's a scary, a scary, a scary dream man who invades your dreams and kills you in your dreams and you die in real life. Right. Yeah, you have. So I was curious because with all of these these characters, right. I had a conception of them from a very young age. Like I was telling you before, I watched these movies as a kid, secretly, in bits and pieces, fits and starts. But um, before that, like I want to say, I remember, I have a vivid memory of being in second grade, which I definitely hadn't seen them at that point. And someone in my class telling me that I better, whenever I go number two, before I go poo-poo, always lift the seat and look carefully down into the drain to make sure that Freddy Krueger's not down there because if you don't look before you sit down, he'll put his knife hand up into your butt. That's something Dude, I was your told school by was class. fucked up. <laughs> I wasn't even at the camp for wayward children run by the sheriff. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be completely honest with you right now. Your teacher should not have told you that. No, no. Did, did I give the impression my teacher told <laughs> No, I just wanted I just wanted okay, to say okay, that. Okay, okay. I was like, did I not explain that right? This is a classmate. <laughs> Oh, man, if Miss Rumley had said that shit, uh, <laughs> she would have been gone what, in a flash. What was it with fucking elementary school and kids doing that shit? I had nightmares for years, partially because of uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But also, I was in kindergarten and like a third grader ran into our classroom and said that there was a killer clown on the loose. He was driving a white van. <laughs> And he was taking kids from their front yards oh, Jesus. and then left the room. Like, I vividly remember this. <laughs> Every time I saw a white van, I ran inside my house. Oh, man. What the it's... fuck was wrong with kids in the 90s making all of the little kids absolutely shit themselves? I mean, I, you know, I got to hand it to that classmate. I mean, that story sticks with me to this day. And I checked. I didn't sit down for doo-doo time without checking for Freddy Krueger for years. And uh, I still don't like white vans. I mean, yeah. or clowns. Those those are effective. I, I, I got to say my classmate. I mean, that's this peak. That's the perfect marriage of like scary urban legend that I'm telling to a classmate. And also I have I figured out a way to just shoehorn butts into it. I also got sure. to be naughty. Yeah. We got to make a butt joke. 
Um, so like these characters are out there in like the childhood consciousness, right? The collective unconscious of, of children. Jason, I got to say, I think like Jason, like he's not the best designed, not creature, but like, I don't know, like horror character, maybe of all time. Cause like the viral aspect to Jason, right? Like anybody that had a hockey mask when we were kids, they were always like popping that on for at least like 10 seconds and be like, look, I'm Jason. Yeah. <laughs> We hadn't seen the movie. We didn't know what Jason was. We just knew he's the big scary guy with the hockey mask. And it's just to implant that in a whole generation of kids and have it reinforced continually by these this is, everyday uh, objects, right? This is the smallest, smallest Bose trivia corner ever. I did not know this until recently. Apparently, he doesn't even wear a fucking hockey mask until the third movie. Yeah, that's right. Well, so the first movie. The first is, movie, he's just like a brown. He's just like a burned, drowned boy man he's thing. not really present in the first movie until spoiler alert I don't want to i don't know if you're gonna watch this movie there's it's one of my all-time favorite jump scares it is brilliant it's so good at the end of the first movie um where Jason and in the shows second up. one he's just he just has like a burlap sack on his head yeah with like one eye hole I think. like what <laughs> they were trying a couple of different things like they didn't know what they were doing the first movie is like it's the mom Jason is dead. Second movie's like, actually, he's alive. He survived, which kind of undercuts the whole thing that his mom was doing in terms of revenge in the first movie. He's out in the woods. Sure. He lives here. And then he's like, he's killable. Now he's not killable. Now he's dead. Now someone else is pretending to be him. Now he's back from the dead via lightning strike. It's all over the place. It's a fucking mess cool. of a movie franchise. <laughs> so. uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Nightmare on Elm Street, NES. Anyway, yeah, uh, moving forward. Huh. I did, not, I did not notice that until just now. Nightmare on Elm Street acronym is also NES. Um, Look at that. Synchronicity. Narrative structure. You are basically a, again, a young adult. And a bright red uh, tank top. Looking tough. Neighborhood bright, tough. Man. Kind of yeah. like the, the River City Ransom vibe. That's like kind of what I was thinking, too. Ready to wreck shit. Yeah, yeah. You are collecting Freddy's bones. To burn them, which, okay, as a big fan of the TV show Supernatural and just a big fan of like the occult, quote unquote, in general, like salting and burning bones is a pretty cliched way to deal with an evil spirit on TV for the most part. Mm. So like I'm already in. I already feel more confident about this narrative than I did for the Friday the 13th one. We have an evil, an evil demon dream man. Who will murder you while you sleep in your dreams? We're collecting his bones to salt and burn them to drive out the evil spirit. Perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Get it. Awesome. Um, problem I had. Who am I in this game? Like, I know I'm a kid or a young adult, but like, there's no at least like in Friday the 13th, I had characterization. I was a, I was a camp counselor. I was protecting kids in this. I'm a tank top wearing boy who is trying to drive out an evil spirit but like there's not a lot of why or how or what it is um also kind of like jason man there's a lot of weird fucking baddies all over the place huh uh elm street is not a great place to live again just nes era just bullshit like oh, we need stuff for you to do in between the boss the boss fight so like what can we just throw at the player like uh i don't know rats and spiders and shit and whatever the snakes the snakes were good yeah uh but like jumping over to like the nightmare realm was super fucking cool like that was that was great really really liked that 
that part of the story. Yeah. Where all of the enemies, the more enemies spawned, all of the enemies were a little bit different and they had more about like Freddy to them. Like the spiders all of a sudden gained a Freddy head for their body. Yeah. So that was so fun. Um, like is, it, it, it's super silly, but it was like, I mean, those movies are silly I, in a good way. I understood this narrative. Yeah. I mean, this is a case um, where, again, there's not much like true story and there's like within the game, there's nothing right. There's no, no cinematics or notes or NPCs to interact mm-hmm. with. It's no. just like getting the bones and fighting stuff. But the very fact of having this nightmare realm. So you, the whole time you're battling sleep, right? You've got an encroaching like a sleep meter ticking down as you take damage as you spend time hanging around having a constant threat of like oh you're about to go into the nightmare realm where like the whole world is going to flip silent hill style right you're going to be in the dream everything's going to morph into a more menacing version of itself we're going to get like skeletons like you said you know spiders with freddy heads and then you're going to have the new skellos oh that's right um reading through the manual right like there are uh skellos hounds shamblers uh Oh God, God! What are the cats called? Night, Night prowlers. Night prowlers. Night prowlers. Damn it! Yeah, and then uh, a little impish demon guy called um, I want to say Bogle, just because it's got a single G. But I Bogle. prefer to call him Boggle. Does that have any kind of basis in fantasy? Is that like a thing? Is a is a Bogle a, a thing? A Bogle? I think it's a Bogle. Uh, I think they're like little tricks, trickster demons, maybe so, in Celtic mythology. Oh, okay. I, okay. This this is me pulling what little I can from my ass. Well, I'm going to keep um, calling him Boggle because I prefer that. You just shake him up really good and then make let words out of his. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you got the most like basic ass shit, but oh, we're going to give everything a, a fun, funky name and, and have you like try and pretend it's not, you know, just the most generic shit imaginable. <laughs> and just, then, yeah. oh, to go along to go along with the narrative, like you also all the bosses you fight are different aspects of Freddy as opposed to the same boss battle over and over again, which again. Loved that very, very much after playing Friday the 13th. Yeah, until you get to the end and it's just a, a boss rush through the, the same shit. But, um, right. I mean, that's 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 so, so fucking classic NES stuff, I think. Uh, yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's enough narrative getting me in the door. It's tied back to the movies. If you've seen the movies, you know exactly what's going on. If you haven't, it's pretty clear pretty quickly. Um, right. Having the, like, it's kind of a gameplay thing, but, right, like, having the, the sleep meter, the impending like doom of going into nightmare realm and then if you hang out there for too long freddy's coming um the lullaby when he comes in that's more of a sound thing but these are like all tied up tied up in each other like it conveys narrative through gameplay mechanics through visual design through the music and i think it's pretty well done i gave it a six like it it's like it doesn't pass on the metric of like doing anything interesting or like original or above i gave it a seven seven yeah okay i gave it a seven because of the fact that I've never seen a movie, but I still understood what was going on. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was missing a whole bunch, not having seen the film and for an NES game to give me enough narrative where I can understand what's going on just based on gameplay mm-hmm. and, and little notes here and there. Um, that made me feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I would say like it, it did a lot of things well there, but it, it didn't do anything novel and I feel like there were still a lot of missed opportunities 
where like we're just going down Elm Street. We're going into a lot of samey buildings. There's not a lot of like there was a potential with the Nightmare Realm. You can do all kinds of wild shit and it just didn't go for it, you know, and I have have a lot to say about about gameplay when it comes to some of that stuff. More varied environments, which is kind of to me like with a game like this, that is part of the narrative. Like, where are you going and why are you there? So it didn't really pass on that metric to me. Six, but it's not bad. It's just sort of underwhelming. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So before we move on to gameplay, we talked about who made Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Did you also see who made? <laughs> oh, I did. Nightmare on Elm Street. Fucking it, rare, dude. It, that's why it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun game. Like n- noticeably, noticeably different gameplay, noticeably different style. No wonder this is a good time to play. It's like for those like, who don't know rare. I mean, where do you Donkey Kong? GoldenEye 64, the Donkey Kong Country games, right? Yeah. Um, sea of Thieves, this uh, released in what, 2018? Yeah. Really, really good pirate game. We got what? Diddy Kong Racing. We've got uh, Jet Force Gemini. I'm thinking of like my peak rare fandom was the 64 era for sure. Oh, fuck, dude. They did Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Blast Core. That's a, that was a favorite of mine. That was a lot of fun. Blast Core. That's Damn, a good one, that's right? good. Yeah. Just a great developer. Like, storied history prolific and a lot of just gems in there yeah they they do a lot of really really cool stuff mm-hmm. uh so that that's that's one of the reasons that suddenly the gameplay and the narrative structure made sense to me once i saw who made the game because yeah. perfect i yeah. mean not not perfect but it fits with rare perfectly to me sure so this is a, and this is a game that came out in 1990 so i do want to keep that in mind as we're putting these two games side to side because you might think like okay Friday the 13th was, I think it was February 1989. This is October 90. You might think, oh, back to back. But I mean, in this era, like a year and what, like eight months or whatever, that's massive. Like there are huge a lot. advances being made. I mean, in that time frame, like 90, this, in Japan, the SNES was coming out this time. Like that's how far. Super Mario, they're playing Super Mario World over there and we're like stuck here doing this shit. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say SNES came out in America in what, 92? I think 91 next year i want to say but i'd have to take that so this year like on nes like just to keep it consistent right we're talking about this console we've got mega man 3 we've got dr mario final fantasy 3 smash tv snake's revenge like some of the other things that would have been vying for your hard-earned dollar at the game store of those of those games you just listed uh my wife would go dr mario no question i think i would too yeah she will destroy anyone at that game it is absolutely disgusting how good she is at that game. Um, I would have gone Final Fantasy three as a kid because I loved me some Final Fantasy or this. Yeah, I can't believe I just said Dr. Mario in Final Fantasy is looking at me right dead in the face. Uh, yeah, I was I, I was like, buddy, are you OK? Are you, fe- I, are you feeling OK? I don't know. It's like um, I, I just said it and then like it totally evaporated from my mind that I just said that. I, yeah, right. Final Fantasy three is. The, uh, is it, though? I mean, three is a good one. I love that series. I do prefer the narrative ones, though. I kind of go two and four over like one and three. But anyway, that's save that for the the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, the Final Fantasy episodes. Um, Um, So gameplay with that in mind, with this being a rare game. Yeah. um, The thing that blew me away about this game coming from Jason, coming from Friday the 13th, was the fact that it felt so good to play in Doesn't comparison. Uh, and yeah. the fact that you have different classes that you can change into at, in like the dream world. Yes. 
and all of them have very, very particular abilities and ways that they need to be used. Dude, that ninja jump kick. That's my shit. Dude, that's so dude, good. Dude, the ninja jump kick. Oh, I, man. I didn't use anyone else other than the ninja. Same. I think. Until I got to a boss and it was wizard time. But like, just you automatically go into a ninja jump kick when you're jumping with this guy and just you will just kick through any bullshit coming your way. It fucking rules. It's so good. The the boss battle with uh, Freddy's head and the hand that was bouncing around. Oh, I just man. jump kicked the entire time and fucking wrecked shop, dude. It was awesome. Oh, you mean um, the, the boss battle where it's basically the DVD screensaver thing? Where yeah. it's like the logo well, bouncing around. You're always like trying to, is he going to hit the corner? You know, that famous bit from the yeah. office. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. So the the fourth or fifth boss battle is the ghost. No, it's not the ghost. It's the Freddy head free floating as well as the DVD hand, right? You have to face them both at the same time. I think I made notes of this. Let's see. We got uh, Freddy hand on the chain like the Mario whatever that thing is the chomp chomp thing chomp you know chomp chomp, yep. chomp is it called yep. chomp chomp all right then we got the I head think on that's the what chain they call, i think that's what they call it in zelda it's chomp chomp that's what I, okay okay um i meant to look that up <laughs> uh then we got the head on the chain then we got the, the hand that bounces around like the the dvd thing yeah then we got the bat thing yeah okay and then right then the head wearing like the the ghost sheet like dress thing and then the head and the hand together i think that was the order yeah that sounds about right yeah just um, but yeah, when when you when you face the head and the hand together, you just jump kick the whole fucking time and you just yeah, it's awesome. It's, it is awesome. It's fun um, to play it. It honestly like at first I was like the first hour or two so stressed like, oh, man, I like drink the coffee, find every boom box, stay out of nightmare world. But yes. then once I started like leveling up the classes, like, let me just hang out here. This is fun. I really, really thought that the sleep meter was going to affect me the same stress level and anxiety style as the kids in Friday the 13th. As yeah, soon as no. I saw there was another fucking countdown in a game mm-hmm. based on a horror mm-hmm. movie, I'm like, God, did not again. If I hear the fucking <laughs> beeping and klaxon sound, I, I don't know if I'll be able to play this game. Right. I really, I was genuinely concerned I was going to show up for us to record this and me just go, I couldn't do it, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I was worried about but that But instead, I just wanted to stay in the dream world once I got the ninja. I know. It's just like fun times are on the way. Because like, so you're basically doing like the dream warrior thing. You're in the dream, so now you can use dream warrior powers. Your wizard, your ninja, and for some reason, uh, what, an acrobat? Acrobat. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come it was on. acrobat. <laughs> How are you going to so have it was, <laughs> wizard it was, and it ninja? Was, it was uh, shadow warrior was the ninja. The wizard was a necromancer, but looked like fucking Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. And also didn't um, do any necromancing. Just fired no, like a little just energy shot, back. <laughs> yeah, shot little fireballs and then hovered over the ground a little bit. Yeah. And the and the acrobat, which is <laughs> not what it was. He was yeah. just like, he was just a gymnast or an athlete. Throwing right? like a javelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a javelin and he did front flips. Yeah, and the flip was cool, but it, once you get the ninja kick, you don't go back. But yeah, just yeah, like we could have done. Kick, man. That that's just I mean, this is a product of the eighties, nineties though, right? Like if we have a chance to put a ninja in something, we are doing We're it. Gonna, yeah. There's gonna be Give a ninja ninjas. thing. Say no more. Um yeah, it just meant like good times are on the way when I heard that. Like it's gonna get harder, you're gonna be in the nightmare world, but like the nightmare world is like very vibrant, like colorful, like creepy, it's yes. fun. It's like going into like uh 
I don't know. It reminded me of like going into the dark world in like uh, Link to the Past or. Yes, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Or like in Super Mario World where you clear after you clear Star Road and like you go back through and everything is like morphed into a new different version of itself. Right. Had yeah. those kind of vibes. A lot of fun. Um, And plus all of all the kind of goofy enemy changes with like the Freddy head on the That's spider I mean, body yeah. Yeah. and and it's fun stuff like that. Like that was just it was just it was silly and fun. I had a really good time. I, did I had too. a good time with this. The, the gameplay was fun. It was. The only reason at first, like, stay out of the nightmare realm, because basically when you're in there long enough, you start hearing that Freddy lullaby. One, two, Freddy's yeah. coming for you. And then he shows up and you got to fight Freddy. And at first, he's pretty hard. Like, if you don't have anything. Right. Like, I finally, I finally got it down. Like, I got down his pattern where it's like, oh, you wait for him to jump over you. Then you, like, do your own jump attack. And on the descent, you kind of, like, smack him in the back of the head. And it... It was just so refreshing. Like, finally, something felt fair. Like, the Jason battles right. never felt fair. It's just, like, fumbling through and just, I don't know. I never got the patterns down. never felt good. This was like, this makes sense after a while. I can get better. I can learn from my mistakes, and I can take them down. It's time-consuming. But once you get your powers, man, he's no longer an issue. He shows he's, up, and you just he's zap his ass. He's a fucking joke. Yeah. And yeah. you just right back out into the Nightmare Realm, and, like, that's the big threat. Keep moving. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I uh, I really 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 enjoyed the dream powers. Like that was that was yeah. a really cool little note. You got fun power ups, fun abilities, decent level design. It's it's nothing special. It's just like moving platforms yeah. here and there, like jumping, going upstairs, jumping between level levels, whatever, dodging. Pretty pretty classic sky side scroller sort of thing. Yeah, in fact, I I want to say it's like kind of mediocre in that regard. Like the level design is yeah. not good. And, you know, the collecting the bones thing as a goalpost to get through levels worked for me. Fine. I like that. It's a fun mini game in itself. Like it's like kind of the hunt, right? Like at first, you're especially when you miss one that's like in a curtain or something and the curtain's white. But so is the bone. And you're like, ah, damn it. No wonder that no wonder that freaking force field didn't come down. It was it was telling that, like, I would get to the end of the level be ready to go up the stairs and like oh there's the force field i can't progress i didn't find all the bones i gotta go back through and it's like the exact same situation that i was in in mortal Kombat mythology sub-zero where it's like i get all the way to the end of this stage and like oh i don't have the key i have to go back and take another pathway and in that game i was like god fucking damn it like just i don't want to do this i want to give up the will to live and this was like okay that's kind of like yeah all right let me go back through i gotta dodge all this stuff but i didn't mind too much because it's fun the moment to moment action is good it feels good you're moving the jump feels good it's responsive. You have your powers. You have like the you can attack in the air. Who to thunk? I was going to like, I was gonna say, ability. hey, guys, guess what? In this game, you can do two things at once. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun hunt. It's like playing I Spy. It's like, oh, where am I going to find the bone? Is it in the curtain? Is it on the windowsill? Yeah. Is it under the stairs? Is it behind an enemy behind a column? It's good stuff. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. So what what what'd you do for gameplay? I did a seven. Uh, it passes. We've got a passing score here. Uh, just everything we just listed, um, it didn't score higher for me because at the end of the game, it got kind of fucking annoying, as I imagined it would. There's like the, uh, when you finally, so you, you're basically the game, which we haven't really described it too well yet. Like you start out on Elm Street, you're able to go in and out of some buildings. It's, I think it's randomized what you can go in and out of. It seemed to change for me, right? It's weird, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand exactly how that worked. Oh, it, it took me like, I want to say half an hour to figure out how to go into a building. And I was like reading the manual. I was like, just hit up. And I kept trying. And I guess I was missing a house. And this is bad visual design. Like, 
at first I was like, go into the houses with the open doors. Like that, that would be signaling to the player, like come here first. And, but no, that has no impact on whether or not you can go into the building. Just the stock right. background, like some of them have a closed door. Some of them are open. That has no, like that has no bearing on whether or not you're able to go inside. It's the just cemetery is wide open, but you can't go in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You need a key for the open cemetery gate. Yeah. Um, so going in and out, you're collecting bones, you're getting keys for the next location, and once you finally cleared all of the places on Elm Street, the cemetery, the junkyard, the buildings, you go into the school, you go down through the school, down to the catacombs that are apparently below the Elm Street High School, and that's where you face Freddy in all his final forms and burn his bones. Oh, and those Wait, so you that was catacombs for you? I thought it was just like the boiler room. Well, I'm using a descriptive phrase to describe what oh, okay, cool. they were yeah. like. Yeah, we're below the school, but like, I, what is this environment? It's like stony and like labyrinthine and like, you know what I mean? It, sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, any, yeah, it's it's boiler room via 1980 or 1990 NES game, right? Like we're going to dress okay, up and cool. make it. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to make sure I didn't completely <laughs> miss a somehow miss a room or uh, an entire you level. You missed the, the room with the lore dump and all the NPCs and the, the, the Damn rich it, narrative. I knew it. Yeah, shit. There was a Roven level uh, exposition in one of these places. You, you missed it. <laughs> Scorpion entirely. was there. It was crazy. <laughs> um, that there was like some just annoying shit, which is maybe of the era, right? Like, um, what really pissed me off? There's these. There are these platforms that come out of the abyss. Usually, when you stand on a platform, oh. if you stand on it, like you, if you like, you're trying to get the timing right to jump to the next one, you just stay on that thing. But these drop off the screen, but not like and kill you. They yeah. don't telegraph that they're going to do that they're just like their natural movement pattern takes you off screen and that kills you once you know that's going to happen it's fine but i didn't care for that um yeah, there that, are a lot of places that killed me a couple of times yeah there are a lot of tough jumps like you come to the edge of a precipice and you need to jump over a gap but there's like a, a ceiling a very low ceiling with like no clearance and you're going to just like bop your head you're going to bump your head on like the arc up and it's going to knock you down into the abyss it's like tough to like, oh, get out and on the other side of that, a lot of that. I, that's I when it. I that's when I busted out the necromancer and just hovered across. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right, but it, like sometimes you got bats coming though. I, I don't know. Just I wasn't crazy about that. But it's like it wasn't bad. It was just annoying. But uh, there was one. It's it's the final area. Like it's not. Did you notice where you needed to go? Because there's all these gaps that like you would die if you were to jump down, and just one of them takes is, you is to the right the one. Yeah, like yeah, how would you I, know I, that? I did not. There are some yeah. Freddy hands that um, kind of signal like there's something here, but they don't really signal anything. It's just like more enemies. But like that's the one where you just have to like take a leap of faith and jump down to. I actually had to pull out. I was like, I've gone through this this fucking boiler room catacomb shit like several times. I've been here for like 20 minutes. I have no idea where to go. I've checked everything. Let me just pull up a map. And I looked at the map. It's like, oh, it's right there. It's just one of these one of these, one of these holes. holes in the floor. All right. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then just the boss rush I'm, I'm i'm not a huge fan of boss rushes to be honest like i think it's yeah lazy. The, the boss rush was the thing that knocked my score down a little bit it was tough but i still i still had a genuinely good time playing mm-hmm. the game i did and gave it an eight nice yeah i think um i think if we had had some more ambitious level design in a couple places i might have gotten there the problem for me is like we have the junkyard and we have the cemetery, which are like kind of unique. Other than that, all the buildings is pretty much the same interior, right? It's like going up another staircase, going across yeah. some platforms. It's all the same. And just there wasn't they didn't really take a chance on anything or like try to take me somewhere interesting or new. Um, so you pass, but could have done better. 
Not quite yeah, yet a B I, student in my book. I, again, man, coming from some of the other stinkers we've played, this one, to actually have a good time playing a game, it really, really changed how I scored this one. The Oasis like, in the Desert, yeah. Yeah. It really, like, I was trying to, like, be more objective. Like, am I just feeling this happy because I've played nothing but just garbage for a couple weeks in service of this show? Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Anyway, so moving on from gameplay, what do we got next? Visuals. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Vibrant. Lush. Animated. Yeah. Alive. Big sprites. Yeah. Uh, I liked the fact that, again, sorry, Sub-Zero, like... Things were noticeably like there was effort put into enemy design, mm-hmm. um, especially for the bosses. Yeah. Some of them did similar things, but they were all different enough where you actually did need to like adjust your uh, approach, which cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, passed. Yeah, passed. Return. For me. I did a seven five, seven point five. I, d- I did a seven. Nice. Um, I think so. Some things I really liked. Walking along Elm Street, all of the buildings in the background have this like one point perspective where they like, you know, so one point perspective is basically when you have two parallel lines converging at a a point, usually off screen or like way up high. Right. And so it gives a sense of like scale. So for this, like that made all of the buildings seem to like tower over me. It gave a sense of like powerlessness and like foreboding. Um, It really enhanced the atmosphere for me. Just that one design choice, like it was noticeable coming from friday the 13th where all the cabins are at the same perspective level they're all flat right square perfect this one is like no we've got some dimensionality here really nice the i just loved his little animation of him running up the stairs it was so fucking silly his elbows were out like so far away from his body as he just like jogged up the stairs out on full display because we got that tank top we're we're showing up the guns here what a fucking doofus (laughs) Loved him. I love that little doofus. Don't know who he is, but I like him. I like his style. Yeah, um, exactly. The fact that all these environments change, right? They all have a nightmare version of themselves, and that nightmare world is like vibrant reds and deep, like purplish, like purpley blues, and all the like the cool grays and like the subterranean areas. It's like a very varied, just vibrant, lush color palette. It was so refreshing coming from Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, like I said, nice animations, nice, like you said, uh, nice enemy design, big, colorful sprites, and uh, if this, if there had been more to it, it would have ranked a lot higher. We have the great, we have a great foundation for something here. My problem, why it's just a seven point five, it's just not varied enough. The whole area, the entirety of the game, feels like it could be the first area of a larger game, and I know like. We don't really have games that large and that big of in this era, usually. Right. So it's like maybe asking for too much, but like you didn't have to send me in and out of like five different houses that look the same. You could have done one and moved me on to somewhere more interesting because you got the junkyard and you got the cemetery a little bit. You got some visual variation there. But other than that, we're going in and out of a lot of the same kinds of interiors. And it was just right. a little too much of the same to rank much higher than that, you know? Yeah, I agree. And just um, also, like, I don't know, NES era bullshit, right? We keep saying it. Like, rats, why? Just because. Spiders, why? Just because. Uh, drips Bats. from the ceiling that damage you, why? And just because you got to have something here to, to hurt Dude, you. Dude, some of the, even in Not Nightmare, 
there were like giant shards of like spikes and glass coming out of the ground when you're on Elm Street. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening in this fucking town? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, uh, you don't even really bat an eye at it if you play a lot of NES era games. But like, why is this platform here and why is it covered in spikes? Like some of the things make sense, like they're spawned from Freddy. But other than that, it's like, why? Because it's an NES platformer. That's why there's no diegesis yeah. or like attempt to make it make sense. Who designed this fucking house? Like, this house is absolutely just batshit insane. Mm -hmm. Why is there a pit to your death in this person's fucking foyer? Yeah, yeah. Elm Street. Um, it's a yeah, fucking Elm Street, man. Uh, it's a vibe. But yeah, again, pretty, pretty fun time. Uh, sound. Now Ooh. this is something. Yeah. The music, the sound in this game fucks. Mm hmm. Like, mm -hmm. this, the sound in this game absolutely slaps. It's very, very good. Uh, you already mentioned that Freddy's lullaby kind of shows up to, like, herald his, his like, upcoming arrival as, That's like, a just, mini boss. It's so good. It's part perfect. of the movies, but also, like, even if you don't have any conception of it's that. It's perfectly creepy. Yeah, you're going to associate that with him soon enough, and it's just going to work just fine on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. But the rest of it, it's just bop after bop. It's it's good. Yeah. God, it's Let, so good. Can we just, let's let's play something just to give you all a taste. Yeah, you yeah. Can't yeah. put it into something. That shit rocks. God, dude. And the music in this game fucks. It's so good. Yeah. Um, um, and even just like the little. Getting the boom box, that little like, I don't know, however many second like little clip of music too. that always got me amped up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the the kind of distorted sound when you start dreaming. And mm -hmm. then after that distorted sound, the nightmare music kicks in for the level and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. I I don't really have much to say other than that. Just like good times. It's great. It's great. What'd you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight five. Hell yeah. I wanted to like, are you an A student? You're getting close to me. It's like when we get to like 10, it's like that's when you're talking about like your Zeldas, your Final Fantasies, your Mario's, like your most iconic tracks of all time that just you find yourself whistling when you're not playing the game, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, just the this. nine would be just short of that, right? And I think what really kept it out of the A for me was that final area. Because we've yeah. had awesome tunes all the way up to this final moment. And just paired with the boss rush of like, all right, you're just recycling all the shit I just did. And even the very final encounter is the exact same Freddy encounter you would have had multiple times throughout the game every time he came into your dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the same. So I was like well prepared for it, but like, come on, show me something new. Um, that last track as you're like going through the boiler room on the way to burn his bones it's just like this bassy five second loop for eternity it's not really much of anything there it was the only song that i didn't feel much for yeah it's like um i, I don't know like how do you blow it here like you just you're on stage right and you're just like you just like did a i don't know like a 
a 20 minute like Steve Vai solo on your guitar and you're just like, all right, we're here. The audience is like primed. What's the big finisher? And you just like drop the guitar and your dick falls out of your pants. <laughs> I was going to say, you just did this face blistering guitar solo and then someone's like, play Peter Frampton. You're like, OK, sure. Wait, what? We might be on different sides of the the Frampton here. What do you got to say? No, about I love me. I love Mr. some. Comes I love some Frampton. I was just yeah, right. I was thinking about a high fidelity. <laughs> oh, is that okay, Peter okay, okay. fucking Frampton? Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just man, I cannot believe they dropped the ball for the last level. It just it surprised the hell out of me. Drop the ball. You didn't get your A from me. Sorry. Next time, rare. Which uh, they got it next time. <laughs> they did. Yeah, in I mean, subsequent games, they, they got their A. They got their A plus plus. Yeah. They they did a lot of really cool shit. They they have earned their their title. Um, and now we're now we're into fun factor. Yeah. And I mean, I think we both agree that this is a fun game. Like it is. It 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 fails at a couple of things. The boss rush I I could do without. The, the level design is on occasion uninspired. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you understand the mechanics of the game, it's a good fucking time. Yep, I agree. Um. For these, like I was saying before, I don't have nostalgia for the NES era so much. Sure. So there is that aspect of return to one of these games for me. Usually it, it's a little bit like doing your homework because I'm such a fan of the medium of video games, right? I'm a longtime gamer. Right. I spent a lot of time with this hobby and I always am trying to fill in gaps in my own history to better understand, you know, where we came from and what put in place the mechanics and the design choices that carry forward to this day right so there's always that level of interest for me but the moment-to-moment action in an nes game is usually like not my favorite <laughs> you know sure they relies a lot on like twitch reflexes and memorization and stuff that i don't that's not my favorite aspect of gaming so when i try and step outside of that i end up at like a 7.5 7.5 again we're like you passed you're on the way to like get your on roll if you keep this up there's like a great foundation here you got a lot of correct answers but you didn't, you know, you didn't really iterate on the foundation you set. You didn't take me to more interesting places. You could have done more with a number of mechanics. You could have done more with the boss design. Uh, I just wanted more, ultimately. Yeah. You know. Um, I actually gave it the exact same score, 7.5. We are super aligned today. Yeah. I For the listener, we did not talk about our scores before we started doing this. We didn't talk about anything any of this yeah. yeah um damn that's that's very surprising and my favorite part about this whole thing is the score for this one 74 Ooh. we got a passing passing score. a passing grade you did for it nes horror side scroller good job rare good job so this month is freddy versus jason we're keeping track here Yep. Each episode, as we're covering another aspect of these two franchises, we're talking about them in terms of comparison, contrasting, and who ultimately is the victor. And I gotta say, judging it just on these NES games alone, Freddy is the clear winner for me. Yeah, agreed. Freddy. Freddy, Freddy's music is probably worth more than the Friday the 13th video game. <laughs> for sure. Give me the album. Who needs the game? Just give me a CD of this. I, dude, I would love, love Nightmare on Elm Street NES album on vinyl i'm not gonna lie i I, had, I pulled up the youtube soundtrack and i was listening to it as i was like you know um 
organizing my notes for today's show, like getting ready, like reviewing everything. I just I turned on a uh, run through in the background. Like I just pulled up a, a YouTube video of someone playing the game. And I just turned that on in the background just for the fucking music. Like, Hell yeah. It's so good. God, it's good. One thing that surprised me as I was streaming, uh, not so much Nightmare on Elm Street, but for Friday the 13th, I, had, I did have some fans come through and like some people that had nostalgia for the game. And it was interesting to hear their thoughts. And actually, there was a lot more love for the game than I expected. A lot of fond memories and also memories of confusion and, and frustration. Yeah, um, I get that. I really well, what get I'm that. really curious about for anyone listening and that's been riding with us so far, like, what are your thoughts on these games? So I thought this is a good opportunity to hear from you. What I'd like to do this week, and I think maybe we should set a deadline on it so that we have time to prep it for the, the next show. But let's sure. say a week from today, like when this airs, which is what, Thursday mornings at about, oh, what is it, like 4.30 a.m. or whatever? It's different for I me. I'm, I'm on Japan time. I try and take myself out of the equation. I was going to say, I think it's 3 or 4.30 central. Yeah, okay. So that's America time. In, We're gonna in just... the a.m. Yeah. yeah, bright and early. So... If you have any experience with these games, and if you have your own opinion on which is the better game, we would love to know. Um, hop in the Discord, or like uh, we'll do our housekeeping, and you have all our contact information there in just a moment. But uh, chime in, let us know like what do you think is the better game? Which would get your point? Um, if you haven't played the game, we still encourage you to to reach out. Like based on the conversation you heard today, where would you allocate your point? Um, and we will tally those, and next episode we'll add those to our score and. Go ahead and tell you where things stand and keep the competition rolling, I, I want to say. Yeah, I, I love that idea. Um, speaking of, I guess I can go ahead and knock out some housekeeping for us. Uh, email us these lovely, lovely opinions. Uh, tell us what you think about the video games. Tell us about what you think about just Freddy and Jason in general. Um, which one would win in a fight? Which one would win in... Uh, their own horror movie sort of thing. Uh, email is source not found pod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page now that is pretty active, pretty fun stuff going on over there. Uh, look us up source, not found podcast um, Instagram at source, not found pod where we have our discord. And, you know, as always, just thank you so much for any support, any reaching out, any interactions with with either of us, um, you know, this is starting month two for us, and it's it's a blast, and hopefully it's a blast for you guys listening to it. I'm having such a great time doing this show with you, and uh, every every download, every listen, every time I log in each morning to to check our RSS feed, check our RSS website. And see like another person listen to the show. It's my dopamine kick for the day. Like it just keeps me yeah, rolling here. Agreed. It keeps me through the dark times when I'm wandering around. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. How it Friday the 13th changes. Like sometimes it's clockwise. Sometimes it's counterclockwise to, to get around the camp. Fuck that shit. It keeps me going during those dark moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so, and shit. Patreon. We also have a Patreon. I was about to say. If you feel like uh, financially supporting us in any way, shape or form. Fair warning. Come the new year, we're going to be having some Patreon-exclusive content, uh, maybe the occasional video. It's going to get wild, kids. Jump in there. Get in there early. Because right now, yeah. oh, that, that shout-out tier is, is there for the taking. Currently, we have, again, Susie Daggs and Jacob Spindell on the shout-out tier. Friendship. 
thank you again. The, the support means the world to us. For everyone else, um, moving forward, I think uh, let's just lay out the plan for the rest of this month. Yeah, sounds great. So that you can watch, read, play along with us, right? Yeah, uh, because you will be, if you are anything like me, which, God, I hope, I hope that's not the case for a lot of you. Um, Brandon is giving me my own homework. I am. To introduce myself to these franchises. What am I, what am I doing, man? Yeah. So, like we talked about, you have no history with this franchise. I have a decent amount of history. And right now, my goal for the next week is to watch, I've, I want to say, the last couple of Nightmare on Elm Street movies I've never seen. So that's going to impact my opinion here. I'm going to supply you with what I think are the two best movies from each franchise. All right. Since we're not doing the source material, they are sequels. So, like, the first movie in each franchise was not up for consideration. So that also impacts. Absolutely. It. Yeah, makes, makes perfect sense. So for Friday the 13th, I want you to watch part six, Jason Lives. To me... All the way to six. All the way to six, it. huh? Sorry, you're not going to get your cool. Corey Feldman fix. You just got to deal. But you are going to get his adult version, the adult version of that character. The thing about these movies oh, is they just, cool. one after the other, like back to back, the story keeps rolling. Sometimes mere moments huh. after the last movie ended, you're into the next one. That's where it begins. So... Mm, nope, I don't want to ask gonna anything. I don't. You don't know yeah, yeah, why no, is he doing what he's doing? I've, we'll talk about that. But just Jason yeah, yeah, Lips, yeah. that's that's all you know. <laughs> okay. And then for Nightmare on Elm Street, I want you to watch part three, The Dream Warriors. That is my personal favorite. And that actually has been a long time. I haven't seen it since. God, I don't even know. So I'm interested to see, like, does that hold I hope up? there is, uh, I hope there's an acrobat. I hope there's a necromancer. And I hope there's a ninja. Well, see, that was my thing. Like, I remember some of these from Dream Warriors has been so long that I don't know, like, was the acrobat? Is there a reason they chose that? Um, so I'm going to be finding out, too. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, as a little bonus for all of our all of our beloved listeners and all of all of your support, uh, it is it is October, which means Halloween. And so as a little Halloween present for everybody, come the 31st. We are both going to be watching, for the first time, Freddy vs. Jason mm -hmm. to put a nice little capstone on, on these two franchises for the month. Yep, so that's one I have not seen. I missed that one entirely. So, as we're tallying our scores, I think that's going to be the capstone, right? We're going to get into that movie. We're going to judge how each character performed within that movie. That'll be the final chance for them to, for really, Jason, to, to gain back some, some honor here and maybe pull out a win. It's not looking good already, but, you know, there's time. Yeah. Jason yeah. is one. He, slow and steady wins the race with Jason, right? He's always just walking around. He's never in a rush to be much of anywhere, but he always seems to get there. So Him and fucking Debbie, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so for all of you, like we said, in the next week, by next Thursday, East Coast America time, chime in with your thoughts, your points. The same will go for the next two movies if you feel like watching along with us. Um, a week after that show, we'll also accept your points. And then rolling into our Halloween special, we'll tally it all up. And we'll see who wins this, this competition, Freddy or Jason. My money's on Freddy. Battle of Behemoths. The Sultan of Slash versus of Mayhem. Dream Boy. Versus, uh, what do we got for Freddy? Um, I got nothing. Watch, out, watch uh, those toilet seats, folks. He'll get you in the butt if you're not, if you're not careful. Uh, He'll carve up your doo-doo butt. Also, there's a white van full of clowns. <laughs> They're coming after you. Is that is that the sign off? <laughs> I think it, I think in this case, hold on. There's your a butts. white van. <laughs> there's one. 
<laughs> There's a white van full of clowns coming after you. That's just that's actually that's actually a pretty good. My my sign off initially was going to be, "Fuck you, Debbie." But oh, that's good too. <laughs> all good choices. Uh, let's do them all. <laughs> Fuck you, Debbie. Watch your butts. Flawless. Podcasting. And there's a white van full of clowns coming after you. <laughs> oh Jesus.